Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day. What's up, Chicago? I'm Erin Allen, and this is The Rundown. Have you ever had your taxes audited by the IRS? I'm sure it's alarming to get that letter in the mail like, yeah, you know that tedious process you go through every year when we ask you about your income for the last 12 months? Yeah, we're going to need you to reopen that can of worms. Well, a recent study out of Stanford University's Regulation, Evaluation, and Governance Lab found that Black Americans are more likely to get that notice than other Americans. In other words, Black taxpayers are audited more often. I read about this study in a New York Times article, and since it's tax season, I figured I'd invite someone on the show to talk about it. Dan Ho is a law and political science professor at Stanford University, and he's the director of that lab I just mentioned, Reg Lab. He and his colleagues are the ones who did the study. A few years back, they started thinking about how the IRS could modernize and improve how they collect taxes. And when they looked at the existing system, Dan says they didn't necessarily expect to find a problem with race, but more so income level. Going into the study, we really thought that a big part of the story was going to be the earned income tax credit, which is a program for low to moderate uh, wage earners, uh, particularly ones that have dependents uh, to support them. Yeah. But what we actually found in the study was quite surprising. It, it Part of the story is about the focus on EITC, but even amongst EITC claimants, the, we find a pretty dramatic disparity between uh, uh, the audit rate of Black taxpayers and non-Black taxpayers. Uh, black taxpayers are about three to five times as likely to be audited as um, everyone else, which is a pretty disturbing finding. And we spend uh, quite a bit of time in the paper trying to unpack that and understand what else can be done. Yeah. So in an article that came out from The New York Times about this, um, they say explicitly that the IRS doesn't actually track data about race. They don't ask people to report on their race. They don't ask any questions about race explicitly. But y'all were able to really zero in on the fact that it is Black Americans who are audited more. How did you find out that it was Black Americans themselves? Yeah, uh, that that's quite right, Aaron. Uh, the IRS does not collect information about race and ethnicity through the 1040 tax form. And so a lot of the work in this paper was trying to figure out a way in which we could still conduct uh, that assessment without having direct access to race and ethnicity. And the intuition behind it is that uh, we uh, sort of develop an approach that really uses uh, name information and uh, residential location of individuals. Mm. Uh, and then we can probabilistically infer and essentially guess at what people would have reported on the census. And then the other part that's important about this study is we were able to link the data to some administrative data where there was self-reporting of race that allowed us to really validate uh, these approaches. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Just want to ask this question point blank. Is there any evidence that Black Americans actually do commit more tax fraud um, or underreporting than other racial groups? Our study finds no evidence to support that. Um, so what we observe is that there is this disparity in the audit rate where black taxpayers are three to five times as likely to be audited. And that is not driven by differences in underreporting. Okay. And that's this idea that some people may underreport their income. 
essentially to have to pay less. And that's the form of tax evasion that uh, typically uh, IRS is worried about and wants to ideally focus audits on instances where there are reasons to believe that people have underreported or there's some evidence of of tax evasion. And there's no evidence in this data that it's differences in the amount of underreporting between Black and non-Black taxpayers that appears to be driving this. Second, uh, the the IRS also doesn't observe uh, race and ethnicity, so there's really no reason to believe that this is explicit uh, bias against uh, uh, individuals. Really, what we point to in the paper is that there are these legacy systems uh, that uh, try to select audits based on the potential for tax evasion, and that there are some ways in which those uh, selection schemes are designed that can actually both exacerbate or mitigate uh, disparities. Mm. And there are two ones that in particular, we uh, sort of suggest in this paper, it's worth noting, we do not have direct access to how IRS selects audits. IRS, for good reason, keeps that uh, pretty guarded. Uh, <laughs> um, but what we're able to do is to essentially simulate what would happen if you design selection schemes with different uh, objectives and and constraints. And two things that seem to be really important is if you design a selection scheme to try to predict whether or not someone underreports versus the total amount of underreporting, the former is much more likely to lead to the kinds of disparities that we observe, uh, which makes sense because there are uh, obviously income uh, differences and uh, higher income individuals generally will have more of a chance to have a larger magnitude of of, of tax evasion. Oh. And uh, we show in the paper that if you really try to predict whether or not folks are ineligible for uh, these kinds of tax credits, like the earned income tax credit, that really itself also seems to generate the kinds of disparities that we observe um, in the status quo system. Wow. So um, could you talk about the component of ease? I, I know that there was something that I read in the article that said that the audit system, whatever it is, um, your estimation is that it also selects people according to whether or not their taxes are easy to audit. Yeah, that is, uh, it's something we examined. And I think it's a little bit of the important backdrop of what's been happening over the past 10 plus years, which is IRS's budgets uh, were cut significantly. They lost uh, uh, upwards of 20% of their examiners. Oh, wow. And as those resources were cut, the types of examiners that left the agency were the kinds of examiners able to do more complex audits. And so what we saw over that 10-year period is the audit rate dropped significantly for high-income taxpayers. Uh, but stayed the same really for the earned income tax credit, uh, so much so that in the most recent years, up to 50% of audits are for the earned income tax credit. Uh, and I think the current attempts really to rebuild capacity within the IRS, uh, I think, are, are going to be really important for you know, uh, kind of rebalancing uh, where it is that IRS spends attention. Mm-hmm. Um, just looking, thinking about how to move forward, what could the IRS do instead to avoid this type of implicit bias? Yeah, we spend a fair bit of time in the paper really trying to study what some of the alternatives are. Yeah. And what we uh, are able to do, as I mentioned earlier, is to try to study if you had different selection schemes, how could you potentially 
uh, reduce uh, the disparity and still uh, maintain the kind of revenue collection that you're uh, aiming for by doing audits. Mm -hmm. And we really show that there's two things that seem to be uh, particular drivers here. The first is uh, that IRS may be focusing on small dollar high certainty claims, that is whether or not there's any amount of underreporting, as opposed to the magnitude of underreporting. Mm-hmm. And we show in the paper that if you did the latter, you uh, I see. Uh, that that would really reduce the disparity yeah. uh, significantly with little loss to to revenue. And then the second is the amount of focus on refundable credits like the earned income tax credit. And there's something that is a, a kind of normative judgment lying behind that, which is that you know when we devote fifty percent of audits to the earned income tax credit. Uh, there's a real focus on EITC uh, fraud. Uh, But when you really think about it from a kind of revenue perspective, the dollar from not being eligible for the EITC should be treated the same as a dollar of a millionaire who might Mm -hmm. be underreporting their income. And what this study shows is that uh, really, if if you take that perspective, that a dollar is a dollar is a dollar, uh, it really may not be warranted to try to focus so much of your audit resources towards the earned income tax credit. Yeah. I feel like it's become common knowledge that there are grave disparities with who is taxed in this country and who is not. Um, the rich avoid taxes more often, um, which makes them richer and puts higher a higher burden on the rest of us. Um, race, socioeconomic status correlate, but are not always in a causal relationship. However, <laughs> would the Department of Treasury already have known or had an inkling of this racial disparity uh, before your study? Well, I think uh, I'd say two things in response to that. One is that we have had longstanding work uh, by folks like Dorothy Brown that have pointed out the ways in which the tax code and the way the tax code is designed, uh, for instance, with a home mortgage interest deduction or uh, what some people call the the, uh, marriage uh, penalty, you know, really can affect different subgroups uh, quite differently. So from that, I think IRS and Treasury are, you know, aware, of course, of that kind of work. Second, we haven't quite had this kind of detailed examination. I think that's kind of the contribution of the work is uh, that precisely because uh, IRS does not collect race and ethnicity, it has been hard to get real clarity about the magnitude of these uh, racial differences uh, that we really document in this paper. Mm. And so I think we really build on that prior work. Uh, but I do think that it's uh, much clearer uh, now, hopefully, than it w- was before. Um, and so you have shared this work with the Department of Treasury. They're aware of this now. What's going to happen? Uh, well, our hope is that the paper really provides a, a framework forward of how to actually achieve the goals of revenue collection, while also being mindful of the uh, potential for uh, uh, demographic disparities in in audit allocation. We were really pleased uh, to see that the study has 
uh, gotten a lot of attention. Uh, it was during the confirmation hearing of Danny Werfel to be the IRS commissioner that he was asked, I think, on three separate occasions about this finding and what uh, should be done about it and actually committed to a, a corrective action plan uh, after studying the sources of the problem. If you're confirmed, what will you do to uncover the reasons for the racial disparity in audit selection and what will you do to correct it? I agree, Senator. This is this is very concerning. I go back to the, the point in the first question. Fairness is an essential element of tax administration. And uh, we have to have an understanding of whether uh, our approaches, our activities are having disparate impacts on any population. It's particularly alarming if it's having a disparate impact on racial minorities. And our hope really is that this provides the blueprint uh, forward for the agency to actually remedy uh, the state of affairs. Um, you've mentioned this a couple of times um, in, in different ways, which is that this type of data that you are doing, you and your research team, which thank you so much, <laughs> um, is not something that folks in the Department of Treasury or other um, departments in our government has um, when it comes to racial bias and all you know different kinds of bias. And I wonder, do you think that there are other federal departments that will do this more going forward? Um, to address some of these issues? Yes, I think that has been a top priority, I think, for this administration. On day one of uh, assuming office, President Biden signed uh, the Racial Justice Executive Order, which just a few weeks ago was followed up with another uh, executive order. Mm. Now, what's been really tricky is that even though that's mandated, a large number of agencies don't collect the requisite data to do these kinds of disparity wow. and equity assessments. And so I think it's really important uh, to have a, a kind of toolkit. Uh, so I think this paper really provides a kind of blueprint to make it much easier for agencies to do this kind of assessment. Mm. I think this is a broader tension, Aaron, that you're also identifying that comes in part from different approaches to the way the law has thought about these uh, questions of discrimination. There's kind of one strand of thought that really emphasizes color blindness, uh, the idea that, uh, you know, agencies should not collect this information because everything should be administered uh, uh, in a way that is uh, colorblind. That is exemplified by Chief Justice Roberts, who in one uh, Supreme Court uh, decision said, quote, the way to stop discriminating based on race is to stop discriminating based on race. <laughs> um, and that is that is sort of the colorblindness uh, approach. And it's it's quite literally written into law with things like the Equal Credit Opportunity Act that expressly prohibits the collection of race and ethnicity uh, by lenders. And I think the big tension coming out of another kind of school of thought is uh, particularly when we think about all of the documentations of, of algorithmic bias, where you can get real disparities when race or ethnicity are not explicitly used in these kinds of uh, decision-making systems, is the sort of idea that there is no fairness without awareness. Mm. And that it is going to be really important simply to understand what the disparities are, to understand which choices have we made that could uh, undermine, for instance, in tax administration, progressive tax rates uh, through regressive uh, audits uh, that disproportionately burden lower income and in this instance, uh, minority uh, taxpayers. Very insightful. Thank you again so much for your research. 
Dan Ho is the director of Stanford University's Regulation, Evaluation, and Governance Lab, where he's also a law and poli-sci professor. Dan, thank you so much again. Aaron, thanks so much for having me. It's been a really uh, a great chance to have a conversation with you about this. If you want to check out the study Dan and his colleagues did, it's called Measuring and Mitigating Racial Disparities in Tax Audits. You can find that at stanford.edu slash publications, or you can just look in the description for today's show and find it. And that's it for today. Thank you to Justin Bull and Sam Deer for producing The Rundown and to Ariel Van Clee for editing the show. This episode was engineered by Haley Bloomquist. Our theme music is by Louis Weeks. Other music on the show is by Audio Network. I'm Erin Allen. Thank you for listening. Have a great weekend, and I will talk to you on Monday morning. <laughs>